0: Hello, everyone. This is your girl Shadé reporting live from When and Stem Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to a new episode of our series "How It Started versus How It's Going." So today I have a special guest. His name is Omose Ogala. I believe you met a while back at the National Gem Consortium event in Boston. When I tell y'all, my listeners, Omose is killing the game. He's either releasing a new mobile app or he's doing a tech talk or just something amazing in the tech industry. So, listeners, you know, on my podcast, I really don't do introductions. I like my guests to introduce themselves in the best way possible. So, basically, unapologetically telling our listeners who you are, what you do, your accomplishments, what you're proud of, and any any good stuff. So, the floor is yours.
1: Thank you very much, Shideh. I appreciate that. Uh, what's up, everybody? My name is Mosey Gala. I am a software engineer in test at Twitter. I've uh, been at Twitter for about three and a half years, almost three and a half years now. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just an amazing experience. I love working with different types of technology, love building different things, and honestly, just pushing things out to the masses and getting people to work with some of the things that I've built. So that's a little bit about me in my spare time. I do like to do different tech talks. I do like to chill with family, hang out, and just kind of enjoy life.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing time with us today. So let us get started. Our first question, uh, what made you pursue a degree, a career in the STEM fields? What age were you introduced? Did you have family members or mentors that influenced you to pursue a career in STEM?
1: Yeah, so I think that's like the the amazing first question to kind of get started with. My journey into STEM, um, I guess, was one of those things that was more innate than than for other people. Uh, like growing up, I always had the interest in like technology, tech, um, and I think realistically speaking. So I'm I'm Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know about my name. Um, Being in a Nigerian household, you needed to always focus on your studies, right? Focus on education. And my parents made this rule in school, oh, in rule at at home, where they said that we can't watch TV during the week. Yep. So you you go to school, come back home, do your homework, and then after you're done with your homework, probably read, do something else. So what I quickly realized Growing up was that there are a few times where teachers will say, "Hey, like watch this TV show and then we'll talk about it in class." So I finessed the system by uh, (laughs) attempting to watch my own like TV shows. And whenever my parents will come into the like the living room or something, I'll switch it to the Science Channel, and then I'll pretend like I'm watching the Science Channel. I'm like, yeah, you know the teachers are telling me to watch Mm -hmm. the Science Channel. Uh, (laughs) But one thing that I didn't realize that I actually ended up doing was I really, like, started to, like, instead of, like, switching back and forth from, like, the cartoons and the TV shows back to the Science Channel, I actually started watching the Science Channel, and I actually started liking the Science Channel, and it got to the point where I was watching the Science Channel more than I was watching, like, you know, my cartoons or other TV shows, and I started to to grow a huge interest there, so um, that kind of led to me, like, fixing stuff in the house with electronics or trying to do science experiments here and there and you know in a typical nigerian household it's like oh like oh you're an engineer you're an engineer like you know you just you kind of take that and you go with it like yeah sure i guess i'll be an engineer um but in my case it worked out super well with me and um everyone kind of supported me and pushed me forward and um as far as like people in my family who are like in tech or anyone who can kind of like push my career into STEM, I think I only had two people that were either engineers or one person, one uncle who was an engineer, but it was a different type of engineering. And then I had a cousin who uh, is a little bit older than me, Ihai Yakuchuku. Um I know a lot of people in tech know him, since he's kind of big on Twitter now. But uh, he was one of the examples that I had for someone who's closest to my age to kind of like see what he's done um, and what I can mm-hmm. do. So that was actually something that was really cool to see. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how I got into STEM, how I got into tech and how I just started to gain that interest super early. And it felt like really innate to me because I just quickly immersed myself into it and never went
0: back. Nice, nice. So how did you get into software? Because I give you props. I initially in college started off as a computer systems engineer. And once I started taking really? programming Java classes, I was like, oh, nah, this is not for me. <laughs> so I ended up switching to electrical. <laughs> so how did you gain that passion and you know, continue with it in college?
1: Yeah, I think realistically speaking, it, it all started for me, I think, in high school. Um, I think my... Freshman or sophomore year, I was, like, building things with my hands, right? So working with, like, circuits, working with, um, like, different, like, IoT devices, right? But it came to the point in time where, like, in order to use Arduino, you needed to, like, learn how to code it, unless you're copying and pasting a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of different things. So I kind of started to look at how to, like, write, like, C, it was really hard. It was more copying pasting and changing small variables, but that kind of exposed me. And I, I realized that in order for me to truly use the hardware, I would need to like know some type of software. So my senior year came around and I was like doing like some website stuff, um, like HTML, CSS. I feel like that's where a lot of people kind of like start off, but I took a course called AP computer science. And, um, that's kind of where I got exposed to software side of things. And it really made sense from all like the hardware side of things that I did. Uh, and now the software portion that I was learning, I kind of like saw the power of how you can bring both of them together. And, uh, like, to be honest, in the beginning of AV computer science, I was terrible. (laughs) I was trash. Like (laughs) I could you not, like it was, I was just failing exams, like it was bad um but then the second semester or second half of the school year third quarter i kind of picked up and started to understand the concepts um so like with that knowledge of like some hardware stuff and understanding that for hardware to really like you know be as great as it can be you need some really like dope software to pair up with it that's why i decided to go into computer engineering in college uh because it allowed me to literally work on both
0: Nice. Nice. So you briefly touched a little bit about challenges. Can you describe um, the biggest challenge you faced in college uh, as a person of color, majoring in engineering? And how did you overcome it?
1: Yeah. Okay. So my biggest challenge that I think I faced in college, uh, it was, I guess, more along the lines of like, imposter syndrome, and trying to know like, Trying to understand that um, you, no matter where you come from, you can compete with other people that may have been exposed to something beforehand, right? Um, I was really, really lucky to have had the opportunity and had the tools to be able to like work with coding beforehand, and also like be able to take AP computer science beforehand. So I, having that knowledge, even though I wasn't amazing at it yet like having that knowledge was like really good but going into college and being around other people that literally their parents are computer engineers software engineers electrical engineers right they literally lived and breathed this growing up it can be kind of intimidating so the way that i kind of got around all of those different issues is just to first and foremost built like a really strong i built a really strong network of friends who um, of other like black engineers that really uh understood my my backstory understood what are I, where I'm trying to be, and like you know likewise understood what they were where they were trying to go and what they were trying to be, and then we just kind of connected with different people who can show us the different ropes, some older students and um you know some different organizations really led to like nesby um really led to that exposure and that that viewpoint of just knowing that you can get things done. Mm -hmm. So that really gave me motivation to push through and to know that, like, hey, you can accomplish the type of stuff that you want to accomplish.
0: Yeah, definitely. Even through all the interviews I've had so far on the podcast, imposter syndrome is the number one challenge that we all go through. And it's intimidating you know, being, you know, the only person of color, even sometimes only female in these engineering classes yeah. where you have your um, classmates have been exposed to all of these technologies and um, all these engineering concepts. And you're like, wait, I'm, I'm the first one out of my family to go to college, period. Like, I don't know yeah, any of this. Yeah. So definitely. Exactly definitely forming a sense of community helped a lot. I know for me, for sure, Nesb was there to make sure I was staying on the right path and not giving up whenever I came across a struggle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that you said really resonates with me, you mentioned being, you know, in some cases, like one of like the only female in your class, right? Like situations like that Especially in my school, in my university, in engineering, like, we didn't have a lot of women who were studying, like, to be engineers, right? Um, And unfortunately, for anyone who doesn't understand, like, how an engineering program works, like, you have a whole bunch of students for each who join. um, And then slowly, people start to either decide to change their majors, or they just understand, like, they come to the consensus that engineering is just not for them. Um, so it's just like really kind of like hard to see some people go. And then some people who, um, may not think that they can make it through. So having that support system to, or having other people who look like you there, whether it be another black person in the class, having another woman in the class, like that makes a huge difference to being able to feel comfortable to staying and completing the program, and understanding that like you have a place there, like it's, it's so crazy. And I've seen it so many different times. Um, but it's just connecting people to the right to the right people is the, yes, the biggest thing.
0: Definitely, definitely. So in college, were you part of any STEM clubs?
1: Um, let me think. I think outside of Nesby, yeah, I think it was just Nesby. Um as an engineer, like as an engineer, you kind of want to try to have balance in your life, right? So I tried to join other student organizations that, um, or other multicultural organizations that just kind of like um, will stimulate another side of my brain, whether it be talking about social issues, whether it be uh, just talking about anything else that may not necessarily live within like STEM. Um, I found that to be super helpful for me because it gave me that balance that I needed. Uh, but being part of Nesby itself was really cool because I actually did hop onto like eBoard at a particular time um, and I, I held different positions um, on the board and it kind of felt like, in some cases, it felt like a, like a STEM club in the STEM club, um, but it kind of intertwined really well with nice. each other.
0: Nice. Nesby help you land your June job. Maybe there are skills that you learned while you were on the e board, or just any connections that you made. Yeah,
1: Nesby, I, I I'm not sure how much time we actually have to talk about <laughs> Nesby. But Nesby Nesby held it down for me. Um, in all honesty, if I were to like look back on my college experience and to kind of like see exactly where things in my life or things my college career started to like pick up things that got me to where i am now Nesby is paramount in that whole situation so um definitely being part of nesb having that exposure for my freshman year understanding like just imagine being like 18 year old freshman you start college and then they're just like okay we're going to a national conference you walk into uh, the national conference where you have thousands of students who are trying to get jobs and hundreds of companies that are offering internships and jobs. And you quickly have to understand that first and foremost, you need to have good grades or you need to try your best in school. Then you need to get your resume looking nice, right? But then more importantly, you like look and you learn that you have to learn how to speak to people. You have to learn how to sell yourself. Right, that process is—it's like for an 18-year-old who just starts college, um, is really eye-opening to you, right? And you can start working on yourself and start progressing to like meet those goals. And I was able to do that with Nesby, and Nesby gave me so many opportunities, which actually ended up allowing me to come into Twitter and and working uh, straight nice, out of college.
0: Nice. Even for me too, like Nesby, I got my job through Nesby and I've been here for five years. <laughs> so, all my my yeah. college listeners that you are that you are here, please, if you're a person of color, join Nesby because Je- Nesby will please. open up so many opportunities. If it's a job or scholarships, internships, just connections, it opens up so much doors.
1: I'll honestly tell you this, like with Nesby in itself. I was able to get my first, well, second internship. I got one internship from a different program, but my second internship in college at Dell uh Technologies, Dell everyone knows. Um I got from Nesby itself. And then literally from the opportunity that Nesby gave me on my resume to talk about different things, the stuff that I worked on at Dell because of this internship, the next the next year when I was looking for a full-time job and I actually already secured an offer I was able to go to Nesby, talk to other companies like Twitter, and then say like, yeah, I've worked on X, Y, and Z, and my my previous internship was at Dell doing X, Y, and Z, and literally Twitter was looking for somebody who can do exactly what I was doing at at Dell, Uh, and that opportunity gave me the job that I have right now. So, it's crazy how the opportunities Mm -hmm. align with each other and how these skills are super transferable. Uh, to different companies. So uh, it's a very valuable thing.
0: So now that we've set the foundation of how it started, now we want to delve more into how's it going. So what steps um, have you taken or that led you to your current role?
1: Yeah, uh, so steps that led me to my current role, uh, if we just were to just talk about like internship stuff is really just, being a sponge and learning as much as you can uh like i said before some of those skills that i that i'm using to this day it started with this internship and then it grew professionally as i started working with other professionals and learning the industry a lot more so uh that whole process itself is just been a learning experience like You learn, you get better, you perfect, and then you have to reach a point where you have to, uh, where you get too comfortable, where you you start learning again, right? You change things up, you switch uh, your roles or you change a little bit just to grow. Uh, And so far, it's been a continuous process for me of just trying to grow more and trying to do more.
0: So now that you've, okay, so you've been with Twitter for three years, um, can you speak of any challenges that you face in your career? Um, this can be either at your current role or your previous role and how you address these challenges and if it ultimately helped you move yeah. forward in your career.
1: Definitely. I think that, and it's, it's funny, um, I mentioned imposter syndrome and it's it's funny because you think that once you make it, into the professional world, imposter yeah. syndrome goes away. And it's, that's not true. Like, it's, it's still there. Um, when I first started at Twitter, I had imposter syndrome. It's like, oh, am I? It's crazy, because I, I made it to the company. But you still ask yourself, like, hey, am I really still good enough? Like, am I going to be able to onboard and be productive? Um, are they going to see me as a value to the company, right? Um so that imposter syndrome lingered for the first few months of me working and it may have equated to it and it ended up making me like kind of overwork a little bit because I was just trying to produce a lot so people see that hey, I was a good hire, right? Um and like I feel like it happens kind of regardless of where you go, but it really took some time for me to contribute to the team and and build different things and push out different changes for me to realize that like, hey, I know what I'm doing here, I know how things work and like, I deserve to be here, right? Um, so definitely just the, the biggest thing that would allow you to get past imposter syndrome, even when you hit the workforce, is just familiarity. So ask all the questions you have, um, don't be afraid to speak to people on your team like, uh, it's a growing process. And as you understand your code base, or as you understand the processes of the company, uh, you'll feel a lot more comfortable. And you know, that the decisions that, you, that you're making are decisions that are great decisions, valid decisions. And, you know, you shouldn't be scared to stand up and say different things. So all in all, I think that so far is going really good. With the role that I'm in right now, I've been able to uh, lead my team with different, uh, different things with building different frameworks for testing. And, um, I've even had the opportunity to speak at different public events on testing, like the industry that I've been working in. Right. So, uh, it's been an amazing experience so far and I feel like I'm blessed to have the opportunity to not only build new technology, that's something that I love, but then also influence people to build technology and do different things. For the whole company. that's
0: amazing that is so good because imposter syndrome is real um, and that's one thing that people think okay I, I faced it in undergrad and college you know once I get into the big worlds you know it goes away but it's not always the case but definitely you know when exactly. you're in a new environment or starting a new role ask as many questions as you can um, get familiar with your environment and just seek for help you know, um, seek for, you know, assistance, a network to help you get through, you know, the challenges that you may face. Mm -hmm. So as a Black feminist, you know, we sometimes feel we have to change ourselves. Um, Has there ever been a time where you had to turn down your Blackness or change yourself to be accepted?
1: yeah that's actually a really funny question um some companies are a lot more quote-unquote traditional than other companies right um some of these companies you kind of go in and you think super corporate so uh I feel like a lot of people know how to code switch and code switch very well um and I've I've definitely been someone who code switches right where it's just you know you try and make sure you pronounce words like properly, you try and make sure that everything you're saying is like super spot on or like all these different things, right? Um, And for a long time, I was doing that. And to some extent, I still kind of do do that. But um, I think working at Twitter has changed that dramatically uh, because Twitter, the company culture at Twitter itself, is, is very, very different than a lot of companies. Uh, our company kind of prides itself on being super like, accepting and allows people to really like be themselves and show themselves, as well as the different like uh, BRGs, business yep. resource groups, or ERGs, employee resource groups that allow you to feel comfortable yeah. with different people. So um, as a company as, in, in itself, I go to work feeling like I don't have to change mm. who I am. I can speak the way that I feel comfortable. I can uh, connect with different people and feel comfortable. So I feel like, you know, it really does come down to the environments that you're working in and you kind of just like really being comfortable with yourself to really open up yourself and and to show um, who you really are. And people will accept that as time goes long. Um, But all in all, like the environment itself would be an accepting Mm -hmm. thing.
0: I know you touched a little bit about um, standing out in your team, but can you provide any more input on a great way to stand out on and be seen as an asset as a person of color?
1: Absolutely. So there are two different things that uh, I think people can do. So first things first, you need to be you need to like be able to do your work, right? So learn as much as you can and contribute, whether it be technically, whether it be uh, connecting different people in different ways, like just be an asset with the job that you're hired for, right? Which is this technical role, right? So just try your best there. But I feel like when people first start work, they get really caught up in this whole, hey, I need to be super technical, or hey, I need to build this new thing. and um push my team forward which that is super important right like having that impact with stuff that you build or stuff that you've helped build is it's seen as a win for any team but there's another side this business side that is either just as important if not more important right so business when you think of business they have different things they're trying to accomplish and you need to make sure these business outcomes are perfect right or that they're working super well, right? So if you can really understand how uh, the technical side blends with the business and you're able to like kind of bring them together and explain why doing something technically can impact the business in this type of way, um, and you're giving these inputs, which is pushing the team, allowing the team to make better decisions, uh, that is something that's, that's so, so valuable, right? Uh, Because you would have your manager reaching out to you saying, hey, I'm trying to change this thing or I'm trying to rework this thing. Can I have your input? Uh, And that input is so important to pushing your team forward and accomplishing what the business needs uh, done Mm -hmm. for your team.
0: And that's a gem right there because companies love when employees can pinpoint ways to improve their business if it's you know identifying efficiencies and you know product development or on their team or bringing new creative ideas companies really love that and if as an employee you can pinpoint one of those areas you can be golden Absolutely. So, I must say, you you are doing some dope things, right? So, what does your future hold? Where do you see yourself in the next five years?
1: Um, I feel like the next five years, things are changing. Things are things will be changing. I think heavenly for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. When I look in the next five years, I still see myself in tech. I still see myself maybe working on a product or um working on working on building a product or are working on on growing a product um, i kind of see myself maybe either working for uh, a company but like working more along the sides of how a product can influence like people in the masses right so whether but on the on the, on the technical side so like how can you build something or how can something grow, capture people in a type of way? And how can that like really impact them positively? Um, that's what I think of that. And I think of myself, like being a key person in those decisions and a key person in, in just the growth of a product like that. But also I think of myself like starting my own company, mm-hmm. right, um, growing that company and, also doing the same type of things, right? Building something that affects people in a positive way so that people are able to just like their lives are easier, right? Uh, their lives become a lot more seamless with the things that I've built, or the things that I've pushed out. Um, I'm the, I've am i always been the type of person that I love building something that really makes people's life easier. Uh, I, I think that when you're building something, you should build something with a purpose uh, and You know, it shouldn't just be built just because, just for it to become obsolete uh, in, like, literally, like, a month or something, unless it's, like, super necessary. Like, I like thinking of the bigger picture and how it can really help people just be better as a whole.
0: Should we be expecting any new apps in the future? Because I know you came up with Vizzy Music. You had um, a Google plugin called Stream Party. Anything that uh, we should be expecting?
1: So I would say keep, a, keep an eye out. Okay, right, okay. Now, I'm not, <laughs> right now, I'm not working on anything in particular other than kind of maintaining Stream Party. Mm-hmm. But um, I have plenty of ideas, and I love to work with the different ideas and pushing things out. Um, and just to see how people kind of like receive it. Mm-hmm. It's always good to iterate and try out different ideas because you never know what can pop. Um, but yeah, definitely look out. I, I'm the type of person that I love working on side projects outside of work because it just keeps my brain flowing and keeps my juices going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So be on the lookout. I'll be dropping something hopefully soon.
0: So you can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what would you say to any person of color looking into software engineering? What advice would you give them?
1: I think that the first things first is just to try your best to understand um, try your best to, to understand the industry in itself, right? Like, I'm not necessarily saying to go and start knowing exactly what, you know, the day-to-day of a software engineer is, but just kind of understand where a software engineer fits into this bigger picture, right? When you see, when you're watching TV and you see a commercial for some new company or something, where does the software engineer fit in? Uh, understanding that from a holistic standpoint. And then I think if you can find different mentors to kind of take you on as a mentee, that would be amazing because they can give you direct insights to being able to like know how the industry works inside internally Mm -hmm. uh, and how you can kind of navigate those different things. Um, I know we've mentioned different stuff like joining different student organizations uh, specifically for STEM. I think those are super helpful because one it gives you the exposure to different companies potentially but then also it exposes you to like-minded people who may know more than you and who also have that same ambition and drive as you mm-hmm. so having multiple heads together helps like push things and and expedite things forward um, and lastly i would just say like really like just don't give up yeah. Software engineering is one of those things that it's it looks really really intimidating for someone who isn't doing it or hasn't done it mm-hmm. and um, I mean to some extent like yeah it could get really complicated it does get complicated but it's not hard to it's not impossible to do and once you start getting into it it's not hard to maintain and move forward with once you understand the basic concepts of software engineering, you can literally use the same concepts anywhere in software engineering with different languages, with different um, programs, different frameworks, like you just need to understand the basics of everything and um, things become a lot easy. And um, just, just don't give up. I know I mentioned beforehand that when I first started with uh, AP Computer Science, I was terrible, right? But I would tell you like literally one day in class, I was like listening to my teacher's talk And I kid you not, everything just clicked in my head, Mm -hmm. just one random day in class. And all it really does take is is that one day for things to click. And, you know, years down the road, you will look back and say, wow, like, you know, I did it. So keep up the work and keep on grinding.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for your wisdom and sharing your journey with us i know the listeners and myself really appreciate this can you share your contact information if listeners want to get into contact with you
1: absolutely and thank you very much for having me on the show sade so if you guys would like to reach out to me um i'm pretty much on everything you can follow me uh at omose israel on twitter um that's probably the best way to find me so at omose o-m-o-s-e-i-s R-E-A-L, Israel. Um, and yeah, feel free to reach out, follow, DM me, and I'll be more than happy to answer questions or even point you guys in the right direction for people that can help you out
0: cool cool so i'll enter all your information in the podcast description once again thank you so much for spending time with us this evening and our listeners i hope you're able to get some gems and until next time our next episode y'all be great and go out and win instead